right, everyone. Welcome to Dom's Club, where I, your host, Dominique Mobley, interview groundbreaking filmmakers, television writers, authors, actors, comedians, and more. I'd like to welcome into the studio the wonderful Clint Finchcomb. Clint is the CEO of Curiosity Stream, a nonfiction, fact-based streaming company. Curiosity Stream is home to projects such as The History of Home, narrated by Nick Offerman, and Presidents in Crisis, about the personal trauma some of our most famous presidents endured before leaving the country through crises. Prior to becoming the CEO of Curiosity Stream, Clint was the EVP of Emerging Networks at Discovery Communications, as well as the CEO and co-founder of Poker Central. All right, without further ado, let's welcome the incredible CEO of Curiosity Stream, Clint Finchcomb. Clint, how are you? Terrific, Dom, and I really appreciate that uh, uh, that introduction. It was fantastic. Thank you. Yes, of course. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I guess my first question is, what inspired you to become involved in the media and entertainment industries? It's a great question, and I would say a couple of things. One was uh, boredom, and uh, <laughs> another was a, a, a charismatic founder. And so as it relates to boredom, after college, I moved to South California, and I was working in the uh, real estate industry, and, and I was bored out of my soul. <laughs> and uh, I had, a, I had a, a guy who I was working with um, who was a, a close friend uh, who went to work for uh, Showtime, the movie channel. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just after that he started sending me all of the trade journals associated with the uh, you know the media industry and cable industry at that time and it just it looked great and um, around that time I was enamored of I was really enamored of the Discovery Channel and mm-hmm. and specifically the guy the guy who founded it uh, John Hendricks just a great uh, purpose driven you know entrepreneur who loved science loved technology loved history loved natural history. And uh, it just so happened Discovery was uh, moving their West Coast offices from San Francisco to uh, Los Angeles and uh, applied for a job, and uh, thankfully uh, I got it. And, uh, you know, so I would say I was inspired by uh, John Hendricks, the founder of the company, and was sort of inspired in part by uh, boredom and the job that I was in. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I guess boredom is a great, like, catalyst. So you mentioned you worked at Discovery. You've obviously had like a super wonderful career thus far. Um, you worked as EVP of Emerging TV Networks at Discovery, the CEO and co-founder of Booker Central, and now you're the CEO of Curiosity Stream, the documentary streaming service. What maybe have been the similarities and differences between these positions? So I'd say that as far as the similarities are concerned, you know, in each role, I was always working with uh, distributors, you know, mm-hmm. whether that's you know traditional cable operators, direct broadcast satellite providers, uh, and, and even wireless providers. So that was a similarity in all, in, in all of those and continues to be uh, today. Um, you know, in, in all those jobs, you know, working with, uh, working with sponsor partners. Uh, so that was a, you know, those were, that was definitely a similarity that, that ran through all of them. Um, I think, you know, the difference between Curiosity Stream and my previous job at, uh, at at Poker Central is that was a it was really that was a niche service, and uh, we really only had you know one really only one um, method of content monetization. And and with Curiosity Stream, 
we uh, we're available to the entire world. You know, we're a we're not a niche. We're you know we program to the full category of, of factual entertainment, science, mm-hmm. technology, history, natural history, society, and lifestyle. And um, uh, you know we've developed five five lines of revenue, five business lines, which is really exciting. We have our direct consumer business, we have our bundled business, we have a, a corporate association partnership business, who a program sales business, and then we have a, a brand partnership business. So that part's been really exciting, you know, developing these uh, new business lines and, you know, working great team here to execute on all of those. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I, as somebody who loves documentaries, I'm just, my mind is blown by curiosity stream, and I think it's feeling like such an important role in the entertainment industry. So I know I'm very excited by it. Thank you. I, I think there's a, you know, fact-based entertainment is more important than ever right now. Mm-hmm. We're leaning into that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So how did you become involved with your current job as CEO of Curiosity Stream? Well, that is a that is a great question. I, I mentioned uh, John Hendricks earlier. So John mm-hmm. Hendricks, who founded uh, Discovery Channel and Discovery Communications, also founded uh, Curiosity Stream. He founded it in, in the he had the idea probably 10 years ago. Created the company in 2014 and you know launched it commercially in 2015. At that time, you know I was um, obligated with 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 other. With other responsibilities, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. I was the CEO of Poker Central, and uh, John, you know, invested a lot of um, a lot of his own resources into building a, a beautiful platform and you know acquiring some uh, tremendous content. And in late uh, 2016, after I uh, sold my shares in Poker Central, I uh, I noticed that there was an international distributor, Liberty Global, who had done a deal with Netflix where they they were offering Netflix to their subscriber base, and so mm-hmm. which was kind of a groundbreaking deal at the time because you know up until that time, Netflix really hadn't partnered with uh, any cable offer, cable distributor, and so I I had been in you know been in contact with some regularity with John, and he called me one day and I asked him I said look I noticed this uh, you know what Liberty Global did here with Netflix and the UK I think this is you know I, I think this represents you know what's going to happen in the future with with streaming services. Will they will partner with you know, distribution partners of scale? I said, have you thought about doing that? And he said, he said, yeah, I, I'm thinking about it right now. You know, why don't you come in and, and help me do that? And so um, after about four or five months, I came in to help with uh, with distribution and development. And you know, my plan was just to kind of help for a year here, and then. Uh, you know, John decided that uh, he wanted to take some outside investment capital. So at that point, I agreed to uh, become CEO, and you know, and that was in that was in the mid uh, 2018. And you know, it's been a it's been a tremendous ride ever since. A lot of work, yeah, but, wow. uh, you know, tremendous ride. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And I do find it very funny. Like you're like, oh, just a year, and now <laughs> so many years later, yeah. like you just love, yeah, you love it so much. That's awesome. It's nice. Yeah. Um, so how would you say, because like we were talking about earlier, like you worked at Discovery and now you're at a streamer, like how have your experiences working in streaming differed from your experiences working at a more traditional television network? Are there any similarities perhaps? That is a, a great question. And so, look, the similarities is you're trying to develop great programming, obviously, in both places. But, you know, as a streaming company, we are much more focused on the consumer. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, we're focused on the consumer 24-7, uh, with, you know, much greater focus on 
with digital marketing, and we have a much deeper focus on engagement. Mm-hmm. So typically, you know, a company like Discovery, they're they're working through third-party distributors as it relates to most of their content, and that's that's changing today. But that was, you know, when, when I was there and up until very recently, that was their approach, trying to make their third-party partners happy. Whereas, you know, with a streaming service, you want to make sure that you delight the consumers who are paying out of their pocket to subscribe to uh, Curiosity Stream, and you mm-hmm. know, obviously, we want to make sure that they're engaged with uh, our content and uh, continue to enjoy it and continue to consume more. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Is Maybe you're like, uh, the way that you go after products, because Discovery also has a lot of nonfiction, is that like a similar approach that you take to getting content in the sense of like how you're deciding what to take in or not? Yes, but the, the, the beauty with a streaming service is you have a lot more data at your disposal. So, mm, okay. You know, we know what people are watching. We know, you know, exactly how long they're they're watching it. We know, you know, uh, how they are progressing from certain content to to other content. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's it's really great to have yeah. the data we do because that enables us to make more kind of data informed decisions. I mean, we still obviously, you know, rely on you know great relationships with over 130 different uh, production distribution partners uh, around the world, and you know, there's certainly as much as much science as there is to it. We inject a lot of science. There's still art. Obviously, to uh, to creating great programming, so mm-hmm. that's the biggest difference I would say. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome to hear. Um, so I guess along those lines, you mentioned different production companies and distributors that you work with. So earlier this year, um, the History of Home, which is narrated by Parson Recreations, Nick Offerman, who's like my favorite person character on that show, um, it premiered on Curiosity Stream, and you guys also announced this year a partnership with the German production company Doclights to provide original documentaries to Curiosity Stream. I guess, how do you decide what projects to stream and maybe which companies you're gonna partner with? Uh, great question, and I'm, I'm glad to hear of your affection for uh, Nick because yeah. <laughs> he is just terrific. You know, he was the perfect host for uh, for the history of home. So credible, so uh, authentic, so genuine, and, and so funny, right? I mean, yes. just, just perfect. So we're, delight, we're delighted with that, uh, with that relationship. And, Look, it relates to uh, production companies that we work with. Um, you know, we work with some of the biggest uh, around the world, you know, ranging mm-hmm. from you know, the NHK in Japan to BBC to you know, TV fans to ZDF, and then obviously lots of uh, American production companies as well. And so, mm-hmm. you know, so we work with them based on uh, you know, based on their ability. Obviously, what have they created in the past that um, you know aligns with the kind of content that we're looking to create. Um, and you know what are they looking to do in the future? And at the same time, you know what kind of relationships do we have them? So we are we are deluged with ideas, as is mm-hmm. probably you know not a surprise. But we have a great team of you know over 20 programming people who you know on a day in day out basis they're focused on acquiring, creating, developing, and and producing the best factual programming uh, from around the world. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Have you found, and you mentioned a lot of companies that were overseas. Have you found that a lot of overseas companies tend to make more nonfiction, like, projects than American companies, or is that, like, a coincidence? Well, I, I think that I think there's obviously something to that. So, look, if, you know, in, in, in the U.K., for example, it's, I mean, they are steeped in, in factual content creation. Um, mm-hmm. so certainly that's a, that's a, that's a hotbed. Um, and what happened in the U.S. And, and what has happened in a lot of places around the world, frankly, is a lot of networks that started out with kind of a 
factual charter originally, like, mm -hmm. you know, a discovery or, you know, history or, you know, an A&E, for example. They've really, you know, over the last <clears throat> 10 years moved more toward reality programming, more toward mm -hmm. you know, sort of lowest common denominator type programming. I don't say that disparagingly. I just say that that's been their business strategy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and so that has, I think that's, that's led to a reduction in the number of um, American production companies committed to factual. You know, yeah. That said, we yeah. we know them all, and and uh, uh, we work with we work with many of them. But um, I think as a you know as a no pun intended as a factual matter, there are more uh, fact based uh, you know production companies outside the U.S. and inside the U.S. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. Do you find that maybe like different countries tend to focus on particular things, like particular nonfiction subject matter, more than others? Like, does everyone kind of have their own, uh, I guess, vibe or different, yeah, I guess, it's common yeah. subject matter? Yeah. Without a doubt, I mean, we work, you know, we work closely with NHK in Japan, and they're kind of like, you know, PBS in Japan or, you know, mm -hmm. the BBC of, of the UK. And they love science. They love, love, mm -hmm. love, love science. They love it more than, you know, certain facts, you know, traditional factual creators around the world love it today. So we like working with them. Um, because we have we have a good cadence, and then uh, you know we also you know we, we also have uh, you know from de developed in a long time you know sort of strong ideas and a strong approach as to how to make you know a, a traditional science documentary that they might put together more commercially appealing to a Western audience. Yeah, yeah that so makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so switching gears a little bit, recently Curiosity Stream went public. How has this transition been? Well, thank you for asking. It's been uh, <laughs> a lot of work, <laughs> but it's been uh, extraordinarily exciting, and it really, you know, heralds an, a new era uh, for mm -hmm. Curiosity Stream. So, uh, about two years ago, we raised uh, some outside capital through an uh, investment vehicle called a, a 140, you know, 144A, and at that time, we committed to those investors that we would um, become a public company within a few years. So, we needed to do that here at the beginning of the year. We looked at kind of the traditional uh, IPO route. We also looked at the, uh, the, the the SPAC route, which is you know a reverse merger with a blank check company. And what we liked about the SPAC process was a little faster than a traditional IPO, a little less strain, you know, a lot of due diligence, but a little less strain on the management team, with mm -hmm. more price certainty mm -hmm. around it. And it was also uh, we were also able uh, in that process in the SPAC process to use you know, forward-looking documents, meaning we could share with investors what we thought was possible as it related to the business. So um, that was a uh, you know that was a uh, uh, a detailed uh, arduous process and one that I'm I'm glad is behind us. But uh, you know we were able to raise we were able to raise uh, you know significant amount of money so that we can put that toward programming and toward marketing and toward, uh, you know, hiring more people. So re really, really exciting. It just, you yeah, know, no, that sounds so, so exciting. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so what other projects or maybe partnerships do you guys have coming up and what do you to either create or to join these partnerships? So we work, so we work with a lot of uh, production companies. We field a lot of uh, different ideas and, at the same time, we're always looking to fill out our offerings so that we're programming to the full category of uh, factual entertainment. But mm -hmm. you know, we have a great uh, biography series coming up that features 
you know, notable uh, actors, entrepreneurs, ranging from, you know, Samuel Jackson to, mm. you know, Margot Robbie to Mr. Beast. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, we're, we're, yeah, we're excited about that. Uh, we have a terrific, uh, we have a terrific series focused on machines and sustainability called uh, Mean Green Machines, mm-hmm. which is coming up. It's some great uh, history series. Uh, my backyard, my wild backyard, for example. You know, nature mm-hmm. through her eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, we will add several hundred several hundred titles to Curiosity Stream next year, and uh, you know, we'll be making a few announcements here over the next few weeks. But it's just a tremendous collection of fe- you know feature documentaries. I mean, we have a, we have a you know I can't say a lot about this, but we have incredible feature doc about the first. Uh, First female African American pilot. Incredible. Ooh, story. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so that I mean, we just we just made a great series on Lincoln and and the White Awakes, you know, which was mm-hmm. a movement that helped to get him elected. So really excited about uh, lots of content that's that, that's coming up and um, and you know that's a that's a that's a that's just a, it's a we're in constant motion on that with our, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our, our programming team is with, uh, you know, all the different uh, production partners that we work with in the world. And we're, we're actually, we're in production right now in our third season of uh, uh, Fourth and Forever in uh, in East Tennessee. And, uh, fourth and, yeah, Fourth and Forever, you know, it's really, it's, it's a celebration of uh, of the human spirit. Um, I think there are some you know, tremendous, you know, it's not just about football. I think there's some tremendous and, and interesting uh you know, societal messages there as well. So mm-hmm. lots of fun stuff going on. And thankfully, we've been able to, you know, uh, produce pretty, gr- you know, because we're, you know, because we're, we're factual as compared to relying on, you know, lots of, uh, compared to scripted entertainment, relying on, you know, <clears throat> lots of actors and that kind of thing. So we've been able to produce pretty aggressively through the uh, pandemic. Yeah, I know that's what I was going to say. It's really awesome you guys are able to, to keep filming because I know a lot of people aren't able to film right now. So it's awesome right. you guys are- able to keep that up. So Clint, what is the, what would you say has been the most difficult challenge you faced in your class success in the world of media entertainment? That is uh that is, it's 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 a really good question and I don't know that I I don't know that I would um, necessarily uh limit it to one but you know I, I think that you know, as I look out over the, you know, the, certainly over the last 10 years, I was involved in a lot of, you know, early stage companies. And so, you know, the the challenges there are really more around, you know, business development, you know, uh, motivating people, you know, hiring, uh, hiring great people, and then, you know, <clears throat> delivering on the promises that you make <laughs> mm-hmm. to your partners and to your investors. So, There've been there've been several. Um, you know, I've been delighted that I've been in. You know, I've had an opportunity to uh, to uh, embrace those. But without a doubt, there's been you know been more than one. It's kind of hard to put my finger on you know uh, on one single one. Yeah, was it definitely like a different? Because I know you also co-founded Poker Central. Is was it like a different sort of process coming into Curiosity Stream, which you helped grow, but you weren't like a founder of, and then with Poker Central, which you were a founder of, were those processes different? Yes, I mean with Poker Central, that was a that was a pure startup, you know, and mm-hmm. I had started a film distribution company before that, so I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I had a good idea what I was what I was getting into, and then look when I when I got to Curiosity Stream in 2017, we had you know 
not even a hundred thousand subscribers, you know, and we have, mm-hmm. you know, 13 million today. So, oh, wow. well, that was yeah. not, you know, so, well, <clears throat> I was not in at the, the very ground floor of that. It was still, you know, incredibly early stage and, you know, we still had to solve a lot of the problems that you have, uh, or a lot of the challenges and opportunities that you have with a startup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so what advice would you give to those aspiring to work in the media and entertainment industry? Uh, well, what I would say is, is just is just start. And so I think, you know, reading the trades and, and reading what you can about the industry is always helpful. Mm-hmm. That was, that was helpful to me. I mean, and, and look, you know, when I got in the media business 100 years ago, it was it was not everything was not quite as accessible as it is today. There's just so much information available mm-hmm. uh, online that I I can't encourage people enough to just read about it. You know, and then yeah. at the same time, you know, just you know, look like like you're doing. Talk people about it, learn about it, uh, ask questions, and then you know, jump in. You know, get get that first internship. You know, mm-hmm. try to figure. You know, there's there's no Look, there's no harm in, in in not knowing anything about it. I mean, I just I feel like the best thing you can do is to jump in. Yeah. No, yes, jumping in. I love that advice. That's really great advice. Um, so what would you say is the best thing to you about being the CEO of Curiosity Stream? If uh, you can think of just one thing. Maybe. No, there is. There, there's absolutely <laughs> one thing, and, it, and it, it's without a doubt the people that I get to work with every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is, you know, and, and thankfully is the – CEO, I'm able to have a little more influence over that than I, you know, <clears throat> than you might have if you're not. But mm-hmm. we have just a, uh, we have a you know tremendous uh, team of people here, uh, great, you know, talented, uh, composed, confident, you know, diverse team that uh, that I love. And yeah. as, as as you get as you get a little bit older, that becomes just in- increasingly uh, important. So. Um, <clears throat> That, without a doubt, that's that's one and one A, Don. No, yes, <laughs> no, yes, that's amazing. Um, so our last question is: What's one thing you did not know before joining the media and entertainment industries that you wish you had known? Excellent question. Um, and uh, I think I, I heard uh, that, you know the chairman of, of Interactive Corporation, Barry Diller, kind of articulated this. He said. Um, no one knows anything about anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I first started, I thought that, you know, everybody I worked with had all the answers, right? They, mm-hmm. you know, everybody knows more than I do. And, you know, I, I didn't have, uh, I didn't have the confidence in my convictions or the confidence of in my uh, instincts, certainly that I, you know, that I have today. And so yeah. <laughs> I think that, I, I think, you know, obviously you always want to be respectful, you mm-hmm. know, but just don't assume that everybody has all the answers. They don't, you know, and, you know, at the end the the, the partner to that is, you know, there's really, there's no substitute for hard work. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that's such helpful advice for, I know me and I know all the listeners to hear just like that. Nobody knows everything. And just like asking questions and um, working hard. Yeah. yeah. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And then you know, the last thing I might add is that, uh, you know, I think it's it's great to be uh, long-term focused. I think, you know, a lot of you know, people of my generation might've been too long-term focused. I think that, <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I think it's okay to be uh, to be transactional and uh, mm-hmm. you know, to continue to challenge yourself. And uh, I think it's good, you know, it's good to be long-term focused, but the long-term is a series of short-terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
That's a good one. I should get that on my wall. The long term is a series of short term. That's a good. That's a good quote. And it's helpful to think about, you know, for any for yeah. any business or for any initiative, really. Yeah, no, I feel like it's a great way to being like flexible and adapting to different situations. Like you're kind of always ready for the next thing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much um, for being on the show with me, Clint. This has been so much fun. The best time. I know I learned a lot. I know all the listeners will. Clint, thanks for coming, everyone. Well, congrats to you on what you're doing. I love the podcast, Tom. So Thank great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Clint gave us such wonderful advice, and I can't wait to watch all of Curiosity Stream's upcoming projects. From the biography series of Samuel L. Jackson to the documentary film about the first black American female pilot and everything in between. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dom's Club. Follow me and the rest of Dom's Club at DominiqueMobley.com, Dom underscore Mobley on Instagram and Twitter, and Dominique Mobley, no spaces between the Dominique and Mobley, on YouTube. See you next time at Dom's Club, and until then, enjoy life. Thank you.